0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast on October 11th, 2019. And I know it's been quite a while since I did the last one. In fact, uh, the last one I did was back in August. But I'm here again, and I'm ready to get back into action. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about the very recent events uh, in Ecuador. Uh, There seems to be a lot of unrest for a good reason. Uh, Before I talk about the unrest in Ecuador, I wanted to start the podcast with some other information. Um, I just wanted to say that last year, uh, Mike Pence, the Vice President of the United States, had paid a visit to Ecuador in June of 2018 to talk to newly elected President Lenin Moreno uh, about the Venezuelan crisis, uh, the trade talks, and Julian Assange. Now, oddly enough, later that year, Julian Assange was evicted from the Ecuadorian embassy in London and into the custody of the London police. Also to note, uh, before the eviction happened and arrest of Julian Assange, a loan was made from the IMF to Ecuador for financial reasons that we will mention further. So it's uh, you know it's quite weird that you know Vice President Pence went down to Ecuador to talk about Julian Assange um, and then you know. Uh, the IMF loan happened, and all of a sudden, Julian Assange was evicted from the embassy and, of course, arrested by London police. I know, really, really odd. Um, and uh, is it a coincidence? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's not, and I'll read further. Now, Ecuador has uh, seen a uh, seventh consecutive day of unrest over uh, austerity measures, Um, prompting the government to flee the capital of Quinto and impose a curfew. So again, IMF has made a loan. um, And of course, when you uh, get a loan from the IMF, there's all these uh, conditions attached to it. And and those of course are the austerity measures that we're going to talk about further. Um, Increasing or increasingly violent protests have spread throughout the, the country after uh, President Lenin Moreno last week called a halt to fuel subsidies leading to a sharp rise in the cost of petrol. It is one of many controversial policies imposed by the Moreno government since it took power in 2017. Uh, oddly enough, these same measures were happening in France. So essentially what started this um, these riots and these protests was the increase uh, in gasoline uh, and of course, what started the protests in France, uh, essentially, what was the straw that, that broke the camel's back was again was the the uh, the increase in petrol in France, which started the the yellow vest movement and and hasn't stopped. Um, and it's been over a year now. Now, according to the Guardian, some protesters have been seen hurling petrol bombs, stones ransacking and vandalizing public buildings as well as clashing with the police while others seized some oil installations. Reports also say that since taking power in 2017, Moreno's government has been struggling with large foreign debt and fiscal deficit and has abandoned many of the left-wing policies of his predecessor, Carrera, whose time as president from 2007 to 2017 is described by routers as a rare period of stability for a country accustomed to political turmoil. Now, I just want to first say that uh, Rafael, Rafael Correra um, didn't want to deal with the IMF because he, he knows the history of the IMF, uh, but instead borrowed money from the Bank of China, which didn't have any con- uh, conditions attached to it, but there was a high interest rate. Uh, essentially, you know, it was a large sum of money and they weren't able to pay it back. Uh, and of course, you know, sooner or later the the debtors come knocking at the door and and they want to get paid. So uh, Mr. Moreno uh, made a deal with the IMF. and of course, the austerity measures always begin with the IMF and we're going to read furthermore uh, into this um, unrest. Now, in order to stem the economic downturn, Moreno, of course, this year reached the three-year deal for 4.2 billion dollars uh, in in loan money from the International Monetary Fund uh, in return for the implementation of harsh austerity measures, such as cuts to public spending. Now, uh, I've been hearing also that the government workers have been hit hard. Um, there's a lot of social programs that are being uh, that are being eliminated. And in fact, the government workers have been told that they actually have to work one day without pay. So you can see why the people of Ecuador are really upset, and I don't blame them whatsoever. Now, Moreno claimed that the fuel subsidies uh, were canceled since there are no longer affordable uh, costs in the government, $1.3 billion annually. Again, we're talking about the social programs that they put into place to help the, the less fortunate. And you know, again, the austerity measures uh, come into play, and they have to scale back all these social programs. It's uh, it's it's quite hideous to to, to be quite honest. With you now he also said the price of gasoline would have to go up like it did in France, from two dollars and thirty cents a gallon, uh, from uh, one dollar and eighty five cents, and the cost of diesel would go from two twenty seven um from a uh, dollar and 3 cents. So that's quite uh, you know that's that's quite an increase. So you can imagine the people of Ecuador to begin with it's not really a rich country. Uh they really have to borrow a lot of money from uh, uh from foreign uh from foreign entities. And for this to happen, you know, cutting the wages, cutting the social programs and then of course increasing you know the price of gasoline and I'm sure there's you know, other increases in, uh, in other areas of their economic system, which is having a direct impact. And, and you know, essentially they have no other choice but to get uh, – or, uh, or essentially to take to the streets. So now the uh, BBC reports that since last week, uh, indigenous demonstrators have blocked roads and highways in the country and thousands have traveled to the capital of Quinto for bigger protests – uh, the protests have affected petrol deliveries and led to fuel uh, shortings or shortages, excuse me, in parts of the country. Now, look, you know, I was never one for protesting. You know, ever since the Occupy movement um, in New York and in parts of the states, I didn't feel that the Occupy movement made that much of an impact. I know it planted seeds for future generations, um, but ever since the the Yellow Vest, I've been a big believer in protest. I feel, you know, nowadays, especially with the, with the corrupt politics everywhere in the world, um, which was, you know, was supposed to be for the people, um, is no longer viable. And the, the only thing we have left is actually, uh, going out in the streets and protesting. And I think this is something that's going to be coming soon here in Canada and also down the United States, especially more in the the States, if anywhere else. Now, on Tuesday, Mourinho held a meeting of cabinet ministers in the coastal city um, and have moved government operations um, from their quinto because of obvious uh, reasons, security reasons. Now speaking on Ecuadorian television network, the president claimed he had the support of Ecuadorians' institutions and thanked them for their defense of the democratic system. Now I just find this to be so hypocritical and just, just you know, just hilarious. You know, of course he's going to get the the support from the institutions, and we all these we all know these institutions um, who they're owned by. They're owned by the absolute wealthy, the elite. And, of course, the the elite are, 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 you know, of course, behind the support for the IMF loan. Because, essentially, it puts more money into their pockets. I mean, this is what it's all about. Now, he also accused protesters of organizing a coup. Um, we're talking about Moreno here. Claiming that they had political motive to destabilize the government. I mean, of course. I mean, that's the whole point of the protest. Like in, in France right now. You know they're fighting for sovereignty. You know it, this goes beyond partisan politics. They want direct democracy. They want the RIC, which is an, a form of direct democracy. I mean, I mean, there's it's so obvious that they're trying to destabilize the government. They don't want they don't want a government that's going to impose all these austerity measures uh, and make them even even poorer than they already are. So yes, I mean this is obvious but they make it sound like it's a terrible thing. It's like, you know, when when the the system of politics which again which should belong to the people no longer work, then essentially again this is all they have is to go out in the uh, on the streets and protest and, and and you know, raise a lot of hell so that something will be done. Now, Moreno also ...claim that his leftist predecessor, Rafael Carrera, is trying to destabilize Ecuador with the help of Nicolas Maduro, a Venezuela's controversial president, for perhaps most of you know who he is. The Guardian reports that Carrera and Moreno have traded allegations of corruption in recent months, and Carrera says he and his allies are victims of political uh, persecution... Now, as far as I'm concerned, this is uh, like this reminds me of the whole Russian thing, you know, that what happened in the 2016 election. You know, it's just sour grapes uh, on the part of Rafael Carrera. He, you know, he's looking for a scapegoat, um, something easy, something he can point his finger at. And it seems like he's po- trying to point the finger at Nicolas Maduro, who's got nothing to do with the country of Ecuador, and of course, the past, past president uh, Rafael Carrera. Now, Rafael Carrera, of course, has criticized this current government for good reason. And, of course, you know, in the system of politics, you're always trying to blame the left or the left the left is always uh, trying to uh, blame the right. And there's no accountability whatsoever. Now, Carrera, who lives in a self-imposed exile in a small town in Belgium, told routers this week that they are such liars and he said i am so powerful that with an iphone from brussels i can lead the protest. and again it's it's not one guy from belgium who is causing all these problems. again it's look these are obvious things. it's it, i mean it's it's evident that the people are suffering in ecuador and now they've been uh, dealt with another blow. so this is not one guy saying or, or trying to destabilize the country this is this is absolute propaganda. It's really really crazy that the uh, that the news media are spouting this nonsense. So now also the head of the workers uh, United Front umbrella union told routers what the government has done is reward the big banks, the capitalists and punish poor Ecuadorians. Um, they also say that they, they call on those against the IMF, uh, which is responsible for this crisis, to join the strike. So, so essentially they're, they're asking everybody that is not rich, everybody that, is, uh, that, is, uh, that doesn't support the IMF to, to band together and to, to try to change things for the, for, the, for the positive. Now, I mean, this statement right here is so true. Okay, you get the IMF that comes in, um, puts these austerity measures, and of course the capitalists always, at the end of the day, profit from it, and and the of course the other people that profit from it are the the corrupt politicians, and in this case, Moreno is as corrupt as any other politician that I know here in North America. Now Maduro weighed in, and he dismissed the claim in, in a Tuesday. Um, television appearance um, in Venezuela. And he stated that if you, Mr. Lenin Moreno want to see the reality of what's happening, take the economic package back and engage in a dialogue with the people of Ecuador, uh, open dialogue with the, the peasants, the workers and the indigenous people. And this is so, so true. Now, our, our, Podcasts, our Facebook page, uh, you know, we, we advocate for a system of direct democracy. And in this sentence right here, this is what Nicolas Maduro was talking about, an open dialogue, you know, discussion with the people, ask the people what they want. Do they want an a, a economic or a loan from the IMF? Do they want an actual a central bank of Ecuador that actually loans money out interest-free so that they don't have these extraordinary debts? Or they're not indebted to any other entity or nation? So again, this these are discussions that we have to have uh, moving forward. We know the political systems of representative democracy um, are absolute failures. And we need to start looking into a system of direct democracy where all the people of a country, of a state, a province, a city, or or town are involved in the policies. Now, um, despite his claims, Moreno, of an attempted coup, uh, Moreno has also told opponents that he is willing to talk, but has refused to repeal any of his austerity measures. Now, of course, he can't repeal them. Now, the only, I mean, you know, the only people that can repeal these these measures are the uh, Ecuadorian people. But first and foremost, in order to do this, they have to get rid of the, the the left wing, or sorry, the left-right paradigm politics. They have to get rid of it altogether. And they have to do what they did in Mexico, in a small town, where they actually kicked all the politicians out of the town. Um they kicked all the the you know the illegal loggers the drug dealers all the negativity that was happening in that town and they and the people themselves took control of that town the same thing has got to happen here in Ecuador okay let's face it ecuador is not you know it's never been a rich country there's a lot of poverty and now it's getting even worse and again it's evident that when you have a system of a representative democracy with Paired with the system of capitalism, and of course, private central banks, the result is always negative for the majority of people. Of course, there's going to be a tiny few, a tiny minority that are going to be, uh, benefit from this, but that's a tiny minority. What about the rest of us? What happened to all voices? So uh, essentially, I think this is going to get uglier. Uh, I think it's it's going to get worse, but I hope in the end... The, the casualties are, are very minimal. And I really do hope that, you know, instead of overthrowing this government to put in another puppet government, I really hope that they look to the country of France and they start demanding their sovereignty, okay? And the only way, essentially, that they're going to get their sovereignty is through direct democracy. When all people start to affect policy directly, that's when real change is going to happen. If you're going to rely on a few people and a tiny minority, a centralized um, a centralized government, essentially, to make all the decisions for you, then you know under systems of capitalism and the banking system, it's it's going to be really disastrous. And we're seeing it all over the world now, not just in Ecuador. And again, these are the results of the systems we have in place now that really don't help a lot of people they just help a tiny minority and when people start realizing that when they start realize, realizing that they need sovereignty through a political system then they're, they're they'll never see the change that they want to see so anyways guys uh, i hope you enjoyed the podcast please share it whenever you can um, if you are interested in the system of politi- of direct democracy please Um, reach us on Facebook under Advocates uh, for Direct Democracy if you want to learn more. Um, I will be doing some more podcasts in the near future. I I have a few that I want to get out there. I have a few ideas. Um, So, you know, stay tuned. And again, please share this podcast if you can. And I want to thank you guys for listening. And until next time, guys, take care.